Hey, it's Heidi. Welcome back for another video. I'm looking down because I'm pulling up my notes today. I don't want to miss anything. It is such, this is particular attachment personality pattern that we're going to be talking about today. The role of the pretender is probably one of the most prevalent in our society today of all of the attachment personality patterns. Here's the thing though. Nobody actually wants to be a pretender. They're like, oh God, I'm watching this video so I can say somebody else is a pretender and call them out. You know, I get it, I get it. Um, I didn't want to admit that I was a pretender either. In fact, you know, I would always pride myself. It was one of my things like, oh, I have a, I'm gonna curse muffs if you have kids around. I have a built-in bullshit detector the size of Texas. I can smell phony a mile away. You know, I value authenticity, but here's the thing. Pretenders don't even realize that they can call other people out, but they themselves are actually lying to themselves. But it's been so long that they've been doing it that they start to believe their own lies. So here's the deal. If you grow up in a dysfunctional, toxic, or abusive, addicted, smothering, any kind of toxic household, the theory here is that you, you find a way to survive, thrive, connect, or cope in that family dynamic. And I call those attachment personality patterns. They really are a form of codependence. But in order to make codependence so easy to understand, I'm helping us identify our unique patterns. And the pretender is one of them. So if you grew up in a house like that, one of the rules that all dysfunctional families have these rules that they follow, right? It helps the family function. It helps the function and the dysfunction. And one of those rules is, hey, don't have any problems. Hey, don't talk about your problems. You're fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. And it's kind of an effort to keep the secrecy going on in the family. And the pretender might start out being like, oh, it's definitely not fine. But if you grew up in a particularly abusive household where the gaslighting was really intense, I remember many times where I'd be being hurt, being berated or be being hurt and simultaneously hear the message. That's, that's not what's happening to you. It's not that bad. I didn't hurt you. You're not hurt. I can't tell you how many times I heard that. So I started to actually wonder, am I hurting? No, I'm fine. And and when you grow up in this dynamic, these personality patterns that you take on kind of help you function for a while. If I pretend everything is fine, maybe it'll just be fine enough. But we take these patterns into our adulthood and we don't even realize that we're enacting them and it starts to become a problem, okay? So let me look at my notes and we're gonna get into the five core traits, the five core traits of an attachment personality pattern. So, okay, the first trait that you exhibit that you know if you are a pretender oh first let me tell you these, these 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 are patterns okay there's nothing wrong with you you're not broken this is patterns are not pathology just because you have a unique you know it's a pattern that you're enacting doesn't mean that it can't be broken your personality is not fixed i mean ask yourself the question are you the same person today that you were last year are you the same person today that's your personality it shifts it changes and certainly when we get awareness of how we've been showing up as the pretender in our own lives, then we can certainly make the steps to get into recovery from some of those things. All right. You didn't come by this pattern accidentally. Nobody sets out in life like thinking, oh, I want to be full of shit. I want to be fake. I want to be a phony. Nobody thinks nobody sets out to be that. We all long to be our authentic true self, but 
The trouble is we've lost her or him along the way. Now pretenders, also sometimes because people have such an adverse reaction to the word pretender, we can intermingle pretender performer, if that makes you feel any better. But number one core trait is pretenders are chameleons. Now a lot of pretenders pride themselves on this. They're like, oh, I could be anybody, honey. I could walk into a room, I get along with this group of people, I get along with that group of people, I'll be anybody. You, I can go to, you know, a lot of the common thing that we hear is, you know, I can go to dirt bike racing or I can go to the Met and I can fit in anywhere. And they really pride themselves on being able to fit in anywhere. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Being able to fit in, that's a great thing. Oh, let me make sure my volume is up too so that we don't have any volume issues. Okay, good. So we, we pride ourselves on being able to fit in, but the problem is that eventually we lose our own true sense of identity. We actually lose ourselves along the way. A lot of pretenders will look to trends. They'll look to like what to celebrities to say, oh, who am I supposed to be like? Who, what's everybody attracted to right now? Um, you know, a lot of pretenders are kind of trend people. They fall prey to the trends of the minute and you'll see them and like, it's almost like they switch their personalities. Like they keep trying on a bunch of these different looks, right? They'll go through periods where I'm a, I'm a goth person. Oh, now I'm like a, you know, a, you know, preppy person. It's like, well, who are you? They keep morphing into these different people. So I'll tell you, while I want to separate these two, because if you watch the um, video, the training on the attachment personality, the pleaser, you know that pleasers do that too. But here's the main difference. Are you ready? Pleasers will morph into who they need to be to feel good, where pretenders will morph into who they need to be to look good. All right. That's the main difference. I'm pleasing you because I want, if I'm a pleaser, it's because oh, I want that feel good feeling. I just want to look good. I want to look and survey and say, what's everybody else find attractive? And then I morph myself into that so that I win the acceptance, approval or praise or admiration of people around me. You know, so very trendy people will get on the bandwagon with whatever happens to come out. We'll tend to like a lot of the same things that other people like because there's a lot of shooting going on. Well, I'm supposed to like this because everybody else likes it. And if I do like it or look a certain way, then I'm going to be, you know, wanted. People are going to think that I'm cool kind of mentality. Okay. Number two, of course, right? Number two. Oh, just let me say. No, it's not a bad thing to be trendy, all right? Look, if you like what everybody else likes, that's cool, but ask yourself the question, are you liking, do you really like what everybody else likes? Remember that movie, The Runaway Bride? If you didn't see it, there's a scene with Julia Roberts. She keeps running away from all these men, and the telltale sign that she's like putting a show on is that she doesn't know how she likes her eggs. When she's with this guy, she likes sunny side up. When she's with this guy, she likes scrambled. The girl never knows how she likes her own eggs. She likes it how everybody else likes it. Yes, there's an element of being a pleaser there, but the point is when you're a performer, you really might not like that stupid hat that you got off of Amazon that everybody's wearing, but you wear it because you want to look cool on your Instagram posts, all right? So really an, an inventory, like do I even like what I think I like or am I doing this because I'm supposed to like it? Okay, number two, pretenders are performers and they put on a show. This is, this actually was hilarious. This happened the other day. 
I was sitting in a session with my client. She's becoming a certified coach with me and she's going through lots of coaching. So she's hyper aware now of like whenever this stuff shows up in her life, which is great, right? Cause now she can, she works on it, right? And she's, she's, oh my God, light years from where she was, but she came out of the bathroom and she plumped herself down in the chair and she was like, that's it. She was like, I am not turning on the water anymore and pretending like I'm washing my hands. So for other people, she was like, I didn't pee on my hands. I'm not washing my hands. And I busted out laughing because I, I immediately was like, oh my God, I've done that too. <laughs> I thought, I'm the only person that's ever done that. Stand in the bathroom, turn on the water so other people think you're washing your hands, but you're actually not washing your hands. You're like, oh God, count to 10, make it look like I'm scrubbing. How long would it look like? <laughs> so <laughs> I started laughing. And she started laughing and then we thought about for a minute, if we're pretending to wash our hands in the bathroom, okay, where else are we pretending? Everywhere, right? So we really need to be like looking into this and, and, and that's, that's just one example, you know, but, but the motto of the pretender is not just put on a show, it's also put on a smile, it's also suck it up buttercup, it's put your big girl pants on, you know, it's, it's stuff it down. It's, it's where a withholder has a lot of emotion, might not be able to identify and articulate it. A pretender just wants to just be in denial about it. Totally period. Um, if, if you grew up in a family dynamic also where you were kind of responsible for being the happy one, if you were known as the light in the dark place in your family, you were always expected to have like a permagrant on no matter what was going on. You know, a lot of in dysfunctional family dynamics, we call that the clown, right? They're the one that brings the comic relief to the highly dysfunctional situations. And if you had a sick parent where you were responsible for never bringing your sadness or pain to them and always being performing and, and getting a lot of um, accolades for sucking it up and carrying on and having that tough mentality in that movie Inside Out, there's a real good example where Riley is expected to keep on a smile and at the end of the day, sadness is actually what saves the day, her being able to express her full emotions. So I, I used to do that too. I used to have a permagrin on my face. And in fact, when I would walk in somewhere where I'd been working with people or whatever, and they, they knew me and I walked in just authentic without a smile on, maybe it's just kind of like, whoa, meh. People would rush over and they'd be like, oh my God, are you okay? Like really concerned, are you all right? Oh my God, what's the matter with you? And I'd be like, yeah, I wanted to yell. I wanted to be like, man, F off, dude. I'm fine. I'm human. I'm having an off day. Sorry, I can't be smiley for you. Hey, you want me to be a circus monkey? Hi, you want me to be a seal? Ooh, ooh. You know, I mean, I get mad at them, but whose fault was it? It was my fault for setting it up that way in the first place for being the one who always had to be like the performer always on. Man, that is exhausting. And you know, because if you've been dealing with that, if you've been doing it, you know how damn exhausting that is. It's, it's tiring. All right. Number three, pretenders lie to look good. This includes, which I heard uh, somebody I really like Marshall Davis. I'm sure he didn't invent it. He probably heard it somewhere too, telling half truths and a half truth is a whole lie. That's what he said. I thought, yeah, that's right. Uh, pretenders lie to look good, even including like speaking things into existence to manifest them, like making things appear better than they are. So underneath of all pretenders is a deep seated feeling of inadequacy. Okay. So 
I want to make sure I'm reading this exactly how I said it because it's really important. They believe that unless they are doing well and better than most, they're not doing well at all. They're doing actually terrible, okay? So they become climbers, social climbers, or corporate ladder climbers, and achievement becomes the name of the game, right? There's a measure. I remember um, just that feeling of inadequacy and and looking down whenever I worked for a company, uh, my first experience with corporate was in this company called LA Weight Loss. And I started off as a counselor there. By the end of it, I was director of franchise market development and overseeing many locations and multiple trainers and franchise endeavors and all this kind of stuff. But I was really intent on climbing that corporate ladder because the higher I got, the more valued I felt on the inside. It was all external measures, but I remember um, there'd be like a sheet that come across the facts in those days every day with like all the important people and where they were. And I used to take a little white out stick and I would white it out the name of the person I wanted to be in their position and put my name in and pin it up. Now that's great, right? That's vision boarding, that's whatever. But I would be out meeting people and they would say, hey, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm director of operations. Oh, I'm director of training for this guy. And I wasn't, I was a counselor, but I was trying, I was lying to speak it into existence. I've had, I've had clients that I've worked with lie about where they went to college when they didn't go. Like that kind of stuff where it's like, lying about knowing people or having relationships with people that they don't actually have. You know people like that, right? Like you'll be in a conversation, they'll be like, oh yeah, I think the Real Housewives had an episode where one of the housewives was like saying she was friends with one of the bandmates of a rock star or something and she went to call him and he was him, but he was like, who's this? You know, it wasn't even the right number. You know, people who lie about knowing people, having connections, the relationships, they don't really, but they embellish things because again, it's that social status, it's the climber mentality, it's it's wanting to, um, you know, lie to look good. I wonder if I set it up here about keeping up with the Joneses. No, that's part of it. Let me Let me make sure I get to that point too. So number four, pretenders have... Um, imposter syndrome and a fear a deep fear of being found out now this goes in along with that feeling of like that deep-seated feeling of inadequacy so many many pretenders are actually very qualified but feel feel ill-equipped or unqualified so they're constantly in search of some kind of validation or credentialing that'll deem them or title that's why they climb because well when i get to this position then i'll be enough right so that's where that comes from it's like that deep-seated feeling of of imposter syndrome at any minute the jig is going to be up and everybody's going to know that i'm kind of faking it and meanwhile they're probably not even faking it I know I used to feel that way too when I first started coaching. I was like, okay, who can I go to get my coaching where people will say, yep, she's good, she's qualified, Boop, get my stamp of approval, I'm okay to do this, do you trust me? You know. And ironically, I mean, I have more certifications than I can count, more like people awarding me awards, like, yeah, you're, you're really good. But I never really felt that way until ironically, I actually just started doing the work with the clients and, and them getting results 
it didn't come from the stamp of approval. It came from the results of my clients. And now a lot of coaches that I certify have the same issue. Some of them have already gone through coaching school when they come to my coaching school. But what we do is part of our process is actually I have them helping people within the certification so that they start to feel, oh yeah, I am, you know, I'm starting to make movement and help this person. And it really boosts their confidence and helps empower them to feel to feel really equipped. And of course, I'm supervising that whole thing as well. But there is this kind of feeling of imposter syndrome that unless we work on that root lie about not being enough, that it never kind of goes away. There aren't enough certifications in the world, you know, to, to, to compensate for that deep-seated feeling of inadequacy, right? So we need to get to work on that. And then uh, number five, a really good core indicator that you're a pretender is that you carry around this jealousy this covetous kind of insecure behavior. And you don't wanna be jealous, but you find yourself scrolling on other people's Instagram or their social media, looking at what they have, wondering what it'll take for you to have it, why you don't have it. It can really ruin your friendships or hurt your relationships when you develop this insecurity issue. And again, you know, just if you have those feelings of jealousy quite often or those covetous feelings quite often, it is a really good indicator that, that you're, you're in this pattern. Now let's go back. Let's go back and look and, and see and, and go over the five core traits again. Okay, number one, a chameleon. Lack a true sense of identity. Don't know who really who you are. You're, you're, you're more of like kind of morphing around you to whatever you think is going to win you the admiration or praise of other people. You're a performer. You put on a show. Whether it's suck it up buttercup, put a smile on your face, or always be happy all the time, or, um, you know, uh, any, any one, any versions, uh, any one version of that where you feel like you're, you kind of know the jig is up, but also with, with this, you can actually start to believe your own lies. You can actually believe your own hype and start to fall, live in a sense of denial almost and think you're fine when you're really not fine and it's worse. So, you know, when pretending really crosses over and you start to actually believe your own, your own lies. Number three, lie to look good. All right, there's a real sense of needing to keep up with the Joneses. A lot of pretenders will live above their means. They'll carry a Chanel in public and eat ramen noodles in private. We all know the type, okay? Living beyond our means, trying to look good, latest tre trends, fads. Pretenders have imposter syndrome. You're always searching for the qualification or the stamp of approval that you're okay, but there's this deep-seated feeling of being found out. There's a deep-seated inadequacy there of never feeling enough, and then feeling je jealous, covetous, or insecure. Now, look, how do we get here, okay? What's the way out? You did not come to this pattern accidentally, all right? You, you were in an environment that either rewarded you for putting on a show, and being a performer, and some some adult performers were actually, that didn't sound right, adult performer, but some people with this pattern as an adult, as a kid, they were rewarded for putting on the happy face, and so it worked for a while, but and it helped you survive, so there is an attachment, that's why it's an attachment personality pattern, it helped you survive early on, but now it really is hurting you, so the path out is the first step is awareness, so look at these five things, get yourself a great journal, and write down each trait, 
But underneath each trait, ask yourself, how are you demonstrating these patterns? How do they show up in your life? Where are you a chameleon? Where are you jealous or covetous? Where are you lying to look good and not telling the whole truth, right? So where are these things showing up for you? And then once you get the awareness, the second step is to get some support. You cannot think your way out of this behavior. You know, a lot of people like to say, well, I'll just get rid of that belief that I'm worthless and I'll do affirmations. I'll try to train myself into feeling differently. But the reality is, is that you behaved your way into this pattern and you need to behave your way out of the pattern. So there are very specific steps, very specific things you need to do in order to reverse this patterning. All right. It's just an app. An attachment personality pattern is a download of a system. It's not working anymore. Do you hear my puppies? They always bark at the most inopportune times. Do your dogs do that too? Um, so the next step is to get some support to undo the patterning. Now look, here is my um, my ask to you to, to take a look at some of the options that are available to you, all right? You know that I'm doing this work because I wanna, I believe in it. I believe that, you know, I want, I want to help you undo this patterning, not just for you, which is really great, but also for the next generation. Because a lot of these cycles, these codependent patterns, aren't just yours, they're your mom's, and your mom's mom's, and your dad's, and your dad's dad's, and I wanna break these cycles for good, so my mission is big here, right? I wanna impact the next generation, right? So I've created a program to do that, a step-by-step -step system, it's called Life School. Love Yourself First Empowerment School. Now, some of you are watching this video in life school and you're like, yes, I'm in it and I'm getting results and I love it. And others of you are watching this video on YouTube because we wanna make the information available to everybody. But if you wanna work on it, you need to get into life school so that you can figure out how to undo this patterning once and for all. There are actually seven steps that we use. In any case, Hopefully this has been helpful for you. Make sure you subscribe. It, it helps us help more people uh, because people see the subscribe. Even if you're just watching my videos and you never do, what, what do people do when they see the subscribe button? I wish it wasn't this way, but people go, oh, people must like her. I Maybe I should like her. I mean, that's what we do as a society, right? So when you subscribe, it does help. If you have any people pleaser in you. <laughs> No, you don't have to subscribe, but I would like you to. And liking it helps because, again, I don't like the system we're in with the likes. I wish they weren't there because who gives a shit? But people care. They go, oh, that's liked. Oh, I like it too, you know. It does help it get seen. When you like a video, it helps it get seen. That's why we want to be doing it, right? So we want more people to be able to have access to the information. So if a like equals access, then, honey, I'm going to like it all day long. All right? I love you. I hope you take excellent care of yourself. Do what I've asked you to do, right? Write in that journal because in, insight without action is pointless, you know? Uh, we need to, the greatest gap in life is between knowing and doing. Now we need to like do the next step to ingrain this in us, all right? Love you. Take excellent care. Let me get back out of here so that I can say goodbye. All right, I hope you have a beautiful day today and I'll see you really soon in another video. All right, 